Hi, I'm Melissa Minko, and you're listening to Love and Dating Shows. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Love and Dating Shows. If you haven't noticed, the cadence here is going to be kind of sporadic because I'm not someone who just wants to pump out content. I want it to be really quality. And today's episode definitely will not disappoint on that front. I have been developing this friendship with Tal, the woman on the other end of the phone, for a while now, virtually. We've never met in person, uh, but our friend Alyssa, who's also been on the podcast before and whose podcast I've been on, introduced us through a group chat on Instagram. Uh, This group chat consists of, I think, 10 women. Um, It is always popping off. We're always talking about everything from politics to sex to the economy to family trauma. It it runs the gamut uh, because everyone that's a member of that chat is incredibly multifaceted and has so many different, unique, beautiful perspectives to lend. So Tal is an incredibly insightful person, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know her virtually. Um, And we're going to kind of continue that for now because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, But she has been watching Married at First Sight Um, for a while, specifically the Australian season that's going on. And she got me into two episodes, which we're going to discuss specifically. Um, But just in general, I really think this is a show I would love for a lot of the same reasons I've loved Love Love Island and Love is Blind. So um, I'm excited for us to kind of dive in and really unpack it. But before we go that whole route, Tal, feel free to introduce yourself and say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so happy to be here and just really excited to have a chat because I love to have a chat just about basically anything. Um, But uh, every time I get asked for a bio, I always think I could just write many versions of myself. Um, (laughs) So I'd like to, I guess, say that specifically for this topic, I'm I'm a highly observant person who's deeply motivated to understand how people think and how systems work. Um, Mm. I spent most of my career in public policy or in some type of policy or government field. Um, Mm -hmm. In my spare time, uh, I study astrology, tarot, and I literally melt into true crime documentaries. So <laughs> that brings out the analysis in me. <laughs> so I feel like we can bring that out in this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll have to figure out the common themes between those types of shows and this too, because I really, true crime gets too intense for me, but there's certainly a lot of through lines that connect the dots between that genre and dating shows. So we should we should address that as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a parallel between... Um, the observance in love shows or dating shows, and then also watching true crime. It's sort of like this, um, mm-hmm. uh, like you're, you're watching something unfold. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to put it. And there's just so much humanity that I think shines through in all of it. It's like just tendencies and quirks and stuff like that exactly. as well. Exactly. Do you want to explain a little bit more about your tarot practice too, just because it is so unique and wonderful? Oh, um, and relevant, yeah. I think, to some of and this relevant as well. too. Yeah, um, <laughs> to everything. Well, I think um, just traditionally, uh, I come from um, an Eastern European background and um, very 
spiritual people, either very religious or very spiritual. Uh, so it's uh, just in my family. We've always, we've interpreted dreams. I have, my great grandfather was a village healer. Um, wow. So I, I really have always had um, occult or superstitions um, and uh, those type of spiritual traditions in my life. And mm -hmm. uh, so tarot is something that's always been around. My grandmother used to do it with a deck of cards because that's the actually the um, it originated in Italy from just the regular deck of cards that we see now. And oh. it's expanded uh, now into parallels between astrology and uh, how we derive meaning from our lives and asking for guide guidance so I definitely don't think that um has it it's not a religion because it it is very much open in to interpretation there isn't mm -hmm. necessarily a uh, guidebook but over time there have been people who have read tarot who um say that x this card represents this and so you can do different type of types of spreads. You can ask the cards mm. questions or um, you can ask like what type of energy uh, is needed to um, achieve something or um, look into the future or sort of get an idea as to what's happening in your life now or what could happen in the future as well. It's, it's, it's a nice so foundation. It's a nice foundation. Yeah, and they, they use a bit of it in Indian matchmaking. So that's kind of why I also, you don't really see it in any other dating shows. But um, I, I mean, you described, you know, how it helps provide a sense of purpose. And part of my hypothesis in developing this podcast was just that love provides such a sense of purpose for so many people. So I think, you know, and then you always, a lot of people end up looking to see if their signs match in terms of compatibility and just to kind of heighten, I think, the level of purpose or the story we want to tell or write about our partner. So uh, definitely a lot of just through lines there, but um, it's just so interesting. So I wanted to ask you the first question that I ask everybody, which is just how do you define love? What does it mean to you? Yeah, love, I believe, is just a sense of treasuring something about yourself or another individual or a group of people. Um, so it's just something that you, it's a, yeah, a treasuring of an, an individual, a place, a thing, an experience. Um, I like the word a, treasuring. It's, yeah, it's, uh, the heart space, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's how exactly how I would, a treasuring, very simple. Mm, I like that mm -hmm. a lot. And how would you define intimacy? that's a deep knowing of another person Ooh. or yourself. Um, and it's almost intimacy I can describe as an, an unraveling process um, hmm. with yourself or with another individual. Um, and yeah, it's the deep knowing and deep understanding of others and yourself. So do you think intimacy is driven by love like you're compelled to want to know someone at a deeper level when you treasure them type of like does one breed the other I think it definitely can in the natural 
unraveling of a relationship but I also think that you can have intimate moments with people that you don't love yet Hmm. Um, yeah I think love takes time uh, Mm -hmm. at least for me Mm -hmm. Uh, and intimacy I believe I can cultivate uh, more easily Gotcha. Yeah. So I love that you just said that love takes time, but the show you chose to unpack with me is Married at First Sight. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's discuss that a little bit. Do you think that this is an effective, at first I'll have you explain just how Married at First Sight even works for the people that are listening that haven't seen it before. Um, but then I'm just curious to know your thoughts on the effectiveness of it, especially now that I know that you feel that love takes time. So first, let's just explain, like, how does the show work? Yeah, so Married at First Sight is exactly what the title says. (laughs) Uh, It is a TV show at this juncture that um, um, uh, bring matches to uh, a cis man and a cis woman in a heterosexual marriage with each other. And they literally get married at first sight. And they are um, over a course of, I believe, usually it's about 12 weeks, they get to know each other um, and are basically on a fast track of going through the what the experts, so there's a panel of experts who decide this is why you're compatible together um and send you off and see it's called an experiment they always reference it as an experiment um and uh yeah over a period of time a few months they get to know each other and they're given uh tasks and opportunities to go through um what the experts believe are uh, like a natural progression of a relationship so basically like compacting um uh problems that maybe a couple who had been together for a year or two years would experience from, you know, meeting the parents or meeting friends or having conflicts or being jealous um, all in a period, uh, a short period of time. Gotcha. And do you know what the logic is behind the pairings, how they choose the couples? Do they explain that at all or do they not get into that decision? Um they sort of do a little bit of a synopsis about um, just general characteristics of, oh, well, you know, this person's a little bit shy and maybe um, uh, needs to needs to come out of their shell and maybe they'll they'll match them with someone who's confident. Mm, right. To sort of mm-hmm. counterbalance that. Um, so, yeah, they're there. I think I'm sure. I'm sure it's a, a series of interviews with therapists and personality personality tests and um, to sort of determine uh, who would be on paper good for each other. Got it. So speaking of that, how would you personally define compatibility? Mm, um, I guess it's when you're uh values and behaviors meant another person oh i really like that i like the combination of values and behaviors i think 
we tend to get caught up in one or the other, um, especially driven by dating app culture and what it focuses on tends to focus more on behaviors, I think, than values. Um, that was something that I chatted about with uh, Anita, the relationship therapist that was on an episode and, and just basically that we tend to misrepresent compatibility and get excited that we like to spend our time the same ways or go to bed at the same times when in reality, values are, are much more important and, and less reworkable or malleable. For yeah, absolutely. I think you can have differences in a relationship. Um, and but if you both have a baseline of mutual respect, then it's a lot easier to move past uh, behaviors or quote unquote incompatibilities when you have that um, base of mutual respect with each other. Totally. So for married at first sight, are they sequestered in any way or are they still living their normal lives while going through these experiments? with the Yeah. Person? So this, uh, this season, um, they are sequestered. And I think that's because uh, in Australia, they filmed it during COVID, uh, mm. during a pandemic. Mm. But that's not the Yeah. Movie. So I've, I, this is the first season I've watched in Australia. So I'm not sure what the other seasons look like, but I know in, okay. in uh, the USA version of this show, uh, I've watched a few seasons of that and there is opportunity for them to, you know, entertain their family. Usually in the US version, they pick um, a major yes. city and so all of the people who are mm -hmm. on the show are from that city. So you actually get to like really like live your life in addition to being on the show. So folks even are working at the same time as being on the show. Mm. So that's like Terrace House in Japan. And I think it's really interesting. Do you think it's more effective uh, and, and a better opportunity for people to fall in love when they are sequestered or when they're not and can kind of tackle the real world, how they would be living. Uh, it. Uh, that makes me laugh because initially I want to say, you know, we, it would be lovely to, for everyone to get to experience each other without like daily stresses and whatnot. And you can really get to know mm -hmm. the individual, um, and truly who they are without all of the masks and the um, stressors of our life. However, I'm a realist <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's really useful to experience people um, in their reality and mm -hmm. not, not to, you know, be on an extended vacation. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you're making me think I get really annoyed on Love Island when the producers throw, you know, a wrench in the process and, and kind of create drama. But it does serve as some sort of a test that they would probably be getting if they were in the real world and they just can't in this paradise. So it makes me think it's probably necessary that they do test some of their just like conflict management approaches and how 100%. compatible that is. 100%. Mm -hmm. I think that you really get to see who, not necessarily who, because I don't think that we're always our, um, we're, we're defined by our like worst <laughs> behavior. Um, but you do, <laughs> you do get to really see how someone is under pressure. And if that's compatible with 
who you are, right? Because you could just like get along famously with someone when everything's all good, right? But if one or both people are in a stressed out situation, how does how does that work? Is that compatible? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that leads me to one of the questions I was curious about, because I I think there are two very distinct views on this thought or this topic. What is your take on a couple who claims they never fight? And, And let's believe them for a second. Let's say, okay, yeah, this couple never argues. This couple never fights. Is that healthy? Is that unhealthy? Is that normal? Is that ideal? What's your perspective on that? Oh, such a good question. Because I feel like I, I obviously, and I'm, and I'm sure as the listeners will get to know, and so will you, I'm a very diplomatic person. Um, and <laughs> I, I would say in the majority of my relationships, I'm actually like quite like a peaceful person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm very like accepting of others. And um, you know, I'll voice my needs if necessary or when necessary, like if something, if something's not being met, but overall, like I really value peace a lot in my life. So for me, Mm -hmm. I've really learned how to live in harmony with others. So I'm just not really that interested in having like nitpicky fights that just, wouldn't add Mm -hmm. value to the future. Mm -hmm. So yes, I do think it's really important. I think when, when couples say, Oh, we never fight and we never argue, I guess my next question would be like, well, how do you define fighting or arguing? Right. Because, because my, my definition of fighting and arguing is like actually, you know, like really like yelling at each other and, you know, maybe like silent mm-hmm. treatments and, and um, yeah, like sort of like more like uh, toxic behavior. Um, so mm-hmm. that would be my definition. So for me, I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. so when someone tells me that they don't do that, I'm like, oh, you kind of do what I do where I'm like, let's have a discussion. This is how I'm feeling. Um, and the person I'm in a relationship with says, Hey, you know what, Tal, like, this is what you did. And this is how it made me feel. I don't think that's a fight or an argument. So it really depends on how you define those things. So for me, like, I would say that like, fighting and arguing is like, more, um, like yelling or more aggressive behavior, but that's my thought. Um, And Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that like any, that like any type of relationship is going to have conflict or um, points where they are going to discuss hard topics where they're going to be in opposition of each other. Uh, But, and I think that's really important because you really get to see what matters to a person. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's, I, I, if I'm, hearing you correctly it's unnatural mm-hmm. to never disagree but fighting and our fighting is definitely yes. avoidable yes in a healthy relationship Agreed. Mm-hmm. but it's but it's also unavoidable to never disagree if you're two people with remotely any 
opinions, basically. Because especially hearing you say how diplomatic you are, I think it's really interesting because you absolutely are and you have such a peacekeeping vibe about you, but you are also one of the most opinionated <laughs> people I've ever met, like in my circle, which is is phenomenal. Like I I, I wouldn't really I tend to only respect people who have strong, obviously, if, as long as they're willing to have a conversation and, and maybe evolve their opinions. But, you know, like I, I always gravitate towards opinionated people because I think that's the breeding grounds for really good conversation. And we have such great conversation, especially in our group chat because of your contributions. So it's cool to hear you say that you're diplomatic, but you do also have very strong oh, opinions in a really positive way. That's very, you know? that's very sweet. Mm-hmm like the way that you have pointed that out about me because it's definitely <laughs> very true I'm like a constantly I'm definitely <laughs> like a um uh somebody who can play both sides of the fence often and yeah mm-hmm. and Which I think like uh that served me well um especially as I've gotten older but I think initially when I I because I've always been like that a lot of people were like oh like you don't pick a side right (laughs) (laughs) so Mm because I can always understand where someone's coming from you know Mm -hmm. well and that's empathy which is which is incredible and it's really valuable and I think it makes you not only a really great communicator but also a great person to have a disagreement with because like you said conflict is unavoidable but we have such a negative connotation with conflict in our vocabulary and that's something I've been working on just in a lot of my relationships is because I have a lot of I think a lot of people in my circle that are a bit conflict averse and I keep trying to say especially when I'm trying to coach them through having difficult conversations with other people that conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing as long as you approach it in a really healthy level-headed mm-hmm. way, right? Yeah, I think a conflict is an opportunity to learn about another person. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're yeah. obviously not on the same page, that's why you're having a conflict. You get to know, mm-hmm. like I said before, in terms of like compatibility, you get to know like really, really what that person cares about. And yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you no, get to know ahead. what they what they care about. And I think that that's really valuable if you're willing to listen and seek to understand the other person. Yeah. And I, I love I mean, again, the the kind of common denominator for everything mm-hmm. you're saying is empathy. And I think to me, empathy is definitely a manifestation of curiosity and I'm really passionate about that. And just the fact that curiosity is a manifestation of respect because we are most likely only curious about those that we respect. Um, and, and so I think when you demonstrate an interest in what's important to someone else, all of that circles back to just kind of honoring their values and what matters. And I, it, it all very much yeah, comes full so circle cool. in my opinion. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so do you think, since you said love takes time, do you think 12 weeks is enough time for, like, have you experienced by watching this show actual love happen? Yeah, so I think there's a couple 
couples that I do think are sparking something. Um, mm-hmm. However, I do think that because I do think love takes time, um, I think that you can love things about a person initially in a shorter period of time Hmm. but do you love the whole person (laughs) takes I think that takes many years Mm. Mm -hmm. oh wow loving a whole person takes many years so would you would you be someone that says I love you before many years yeah so I mean I think I think that you can say I'm a very verbally affectionate person. I think that you can say I love you in um, mm-hmm. in a romantic way um, before it's before you love the whole person. That's possible because you there's a lot of feeling mm. that go into that, right? You can have like intimacy. You can be very sexually compatible, which can obviously give us a lot of hits of dopamine to like really make oh your your feeling um heighten um but I do think that Mm -hmm. that the treasuring of an individual happens over time in very Mm -hmm. mundane small ways and I think that it takes Mm. yeah it takes time I love that. that Gotcha. So do you think getting married at first sight and then going through these experiments, I, obviously it's, it's entertaining, but do you think there's some validity to this process to kind of committing up front or do you think it's, it's really just, uh, fun to I watch? think, well, one, it's very fun to watch. However, I think for me personally, <laughs> the reason why I buy into it is because I'm someone who likes to defer to people who I think they know what they're doing so I like the idea that someone Mm. was like yes this is a good match and you have a lot of compatibilities (laughs) and we see Mm. how you could be successful together and so I would be like if I were Mm. in these people's shoes I would be committed to that process and, and I, and mm-hmm. I think when you commit in that way, when you have that buy-in of, okay, I have trust that in this process and in how this works and that this person was chosen for me and, um, mm-hmm. my, uh, mm-hmm. Capricorn placements, uh, really come out in this way because I'm a very hard worker <laughs> and I want to do- get an A plus. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, so I would be like, okay, yeah, can I, can I do, give my A plus effort in this, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Totally. Is it is my top love, love language. language. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Love, totally love, empty dishwasher you want to run an errand for me like holy smokes Mm -hmm. I feel very I very I feel very loved when that happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so sweet I love that are there couples that are your favorites 
in this season and are they the ones that have been the most invested or, or like what what's been the recipe for you to really appreciate a couple mm. this season? So I feel like there's been moments with a bunch of couples um, that I mean not all of course because some of the couples have just um, really like shit the bed a little bit. Sorry can I swear on here? <laughs> okay sorry yeah you absolutely can. <laughs> no you're, you're good uh, to go I should... <laughs> everyone asks that like immediately after they swear and I'm like you know me. Um, <laughs> I'm like oh crap <laughs> um yeah there's been there's been a few no, couples totally who I'm like oh man like I totally see how you guys could be uh work together but you are letting a lot of like baggage come in the way of sort of that magic happening or that connection happening Mm. um and yeah in terms of in terms of favorite couples um honestly I know I gave you a couple episodes to watch and one of them was was uh was really (laughs) bad for the couple that I love um is is Brett and and Booker Booker because I don't have an mm-hmm. accent Booker yeah I, okay I've been saying Booker, Booker. I didn't know um, <laughs> but yeah I guess it's Booker that's phenomenal um and and gotcha. I absolutely adore them together and separately as well um throughout throughout this process uh I think they're both really special people and I also absolutely adore Brett um like if I was on the show Mm -hmm. I'd be like Brett's my man um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so I love that so yeah they're they're my favorite because I feel like they've talked about a lot of difficult things together already like um Booker is a very deep person and very serious and I can relate to that a lot because I often um can be a very serious person and I have to be around people who are (laughs) silly to be silly so it's like other other people's Hmm. playfulness bring out my playfulness so I really value Um, people in my life who most of the people who are close to me or in my inner circle are very silly jokers and don't take life Mm. so seriously so because I'm a very pensive person and that makes me silly and yeah so I have huh. to be I have to be matched in that way and so I see her as like a version of me in a lot of ways and Brett is is can be very serious like he can meet her at that level but he's like extremely like silly and mm-hmm. playful and like honestly like a little bit childish which I love <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> someone who someone who's like I, yeah. let's go swing on I, swing yeah, let's go to the too. play structure you know where like if I was on my own, I would never think of doing that. <laughs> totally. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because my favorite saying from Love Island is, oh, he's a bit of me. And Alyssa and I talked about this and the fact that 
like she sees so much of herself in Kyle and vice versa. And, but it's, it's bits of themselves that they don't really see in anyone else. There's like a special power that they each have to bring that out. And it sounds like that's something similar to what you're describing of you gravitate towards partners that can pull something out of you that most people won't really see, but it's because they have it themselves and it empowers you to embrace that layer of yourself. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think I'm like a byproduct of just having to be serious my whole life, just because of like, you know, how Hmm. life unravels and what's dealt for you. And so I've always Mm -hmm. been like a very, like, I'm a problem solver. I'm a realist. I, I, I'm, I'm very good, like in a crisis and I always know what to do. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's taken me, um, probably like, I'm going to be 32 this year. So yeah, probably, probably up until, uh, about two years (laughs) ago to really relax, to really relax into, into Hmm. just like leaning into life a little bit more and not having to be so rigid. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, because I actually am a very silly person, like I'm, I, I am like, you know, I love like all the nicknames. I'm weird. I'm weird. And, and, but I need, (laughs) I need people in my life who bring that out in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think that's so cool. Are there any other couples that you really loved and wanted to see succeed for certain reasons or were they really your yeah, top pick? Yeah, I would say they're my top pick and I really want to see Patrick and Belinda um, make it. Like, I really hope they have sex soon. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say them. I think they're so interesting because they are like, this goes back to what you were saying in the very beginning about intimacy they are very emotionally intimate, it seems. Like, they're very connected. They're very goofy together. They're extremely loving. They have each other's backs in group settings, et cetera. Um, But the part that I was supposed to watch in one of the episodes, I cannot stop thinking about where they had to, like, draw each other naked. and they were so awkward. (laughs) Like, Patrick Patrick was, like, trying to be sexy. And then she's, like, she's just giggling. Like, she's never seen a man naked before. (laughs) Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was so, so funny, but also like tugged at my heart. Like I wanted, like you said, I wanted it to work a little bit better that they just weren't fully gelling. But I, I also wonder too, like how, like imagine, imagine a couple of cameras followed you around with your relationship. So so, mm-hmm. and especially like in yeah. the beginning stages, like what, I don't know if I would be a hundred percent myself or like feel sexy or, True. you know, like, and I do think that a lot of people specifically mm-hmm. if they're shy, which I think both of them seem like they are, um, maybe Pat a little bit less shy, but, um, having mm-hmm. like the privacy element to, to sort of let that totally. unravel. So I, I, while I like watch them and I'm like, Ooh, this is a little bit missing the mark and they're awkward. And like, maybe they need some coaching <laughs> in this space. You know, I, I also wonder, I'm like, okay, well maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they have like 
maybe she's less less awkward or they're less awkward together when there's more privacy you know true that's a really good point I mean that activity <laughs> in general they had to like draw yes. and paint each other naked and that activity in general is already very vulnerable because they're not standing together while this is happening like he's separated from her you know looking at her and vice versa so even though they were in the experience together it wasn't like they could really be there for each other totally like it was a very performative activity for the camera so yeah and I know that you only watched two episodes but the episode after Mm -hmm. that I think was the one of the commitments uh ceremonies where they like they sit on a couch mm. and they say like each couple or sorry each person in in the couple says whether they want to stay or leave in front of the experts when the experts ask them some questions of what happened over the week and <laughs> so in in that exercise um basically they they got a letter um from another couple to say oh this is like what we notice in your relationship that maybe you need to work on and they give them an activity so uh pat and belinda Mm -hmm. got an activity to be more uh more sexy and not not so much uh Mm -hmm. like friends i guess and because because they (laughs) hadn't or like i'm not sure at this point yet because this the season isn't uh, over um but at at when they drew mm-hmm. each other they hadn't done anything below the pants and and so at the commitment mm. scenario a uh, commitment ceremony um pat let everyone know that they did things below the pants so <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it worked so it worked it worked, it worked. <laughs> so yeah i think and and you know i I also find it really interesting too, because, and this is maybe like a whole like other can of worms, but I think a lot of folks think that specifically like sexual intimacy um, and even, even emotional intimacy, Mm -hmm. but uh, in this case, sexual intimacy uh, needs to be natural. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I actually think you need to set up um moments and intentional moments to be sexually uh Mm -hmm. intimate with another person um even if maybe you don't feel that initially with an individual totally well and it's it's interesting because you know love takes time but it's also we've kind of been sold on a dream in pop culture and porn and everything else that sex doesn't take time And I think that, and that's any type of sex, like Mm -hmm. that's not a heteronormative sex. I mean, any type of sex, it doesn't take time. Um, And that the two are very different in that way. And I think what you're saying is absolutely true, that they're not actually much different from each other and that we shouldn't expect either one to just happen overnight necessarily. So I think, yeah, it's interesting that they have to work on these different couples have different things to work on or different dimensions um, over the course yeah, of the 12 weeks. Absolutely. And I think um, the different couples, like there are, have been some couples that, oh, on our wedding night, we were intimate. 
and uh mm-hmm. or sexually intimate sorry and and then other couples mm-hmm. who haven't experienced that yet and it's been I think now they're on like an eight week or nine week period where they they haven't slept together yet mm-hmm. um so it's really interesting to see like the progression um that happens and and I think I wonder too like okay Melissa if you were on the show what what would be (laughs) would you if you were like feeling to be sexually intimate like you know let's say within the first week would that be something that you would just Mm -hmm. lean into and do or would it be something that you'd be like you know what I want to wait a little bit longer like consciously make a decision to not to even if you wanted to yeah I think that's I think that's really tricky I think it's one of those things where you kind of, and I mean, this applies to real life too. Like you kind of tell yourself you'll do one or the, like you'll take one approach or the other, depending upon the person. Right. And what your goals are, I think for that person. Um, Like, I think it's pretty common for most people to say they would prefer to wait if they take the person really seriously emotionally and see a future with them. Um, whereas I think it's more common to not wait as long if you're not as sure of the person from like a long-term perspective. And I think people approach it in all different ways, right? Like there's absolutely, that that's not totally universal, but I think that tends to be a common sentiment. And I think when you put that in the context of a show, it gets really kind of warped and confusing because you're... All, I, I would personally always be wondering how much the person on the show is in it just for entertainment and longevity to stay on the show versus actually mm-hmm. invested in me. And so I think that's something I would be kind of sussing out as I made that decision and also factoring in how serious I am about them. Because I think... In, in this type of show, I think you would probably need more time to get emotionally intimate because I could just see, like, you see all these couples saying the spark is great and then it fades really fast. Like, I could see that being a more likely scenario in this context than in the real world, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But I don't know. So I think I'd be compelled to to really wait it out because you want to really ensure that everyone's intentions and motivations are authentic. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think I would have to like feel it out because I definitely have been someone who has waited in the past and then other times I haven't at all. And it's also worked out fine for me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. totally. So for me, I would definitely have to feel it out but um, I do think that if you do have initial physical chemistry, that sometimes it can cloud um, the uh, potential for emotional intimacy, right? You mm-hmm. can kind of... Um, yeah, or like get distracted, or, a little or bit, use or physical intimacy as a crutch to um, make up mm-hmm. for the lack of emotional intimacy. 
Totally. Yeah. And, and I want to make it clear because I'm not sure I did when I was explaining my whole rationale that mm-hmm. I don't think there's wrong. I definitely think it can be approached either way and whatever works for anybody is, is great with me. Um, but I do, I think, yeah, I think it's really interesting that it's not really a requirement, but it's built into the intentions of some of the exercises. Um, and I thought that was really interesting too with uh, Johnny and Carrie, for example, their intimacy activity, I think it was them, was to make each other laugh really hard and to mm-hmm. share laughter. And Johnny was all excited when he read intimacy activity because he thought it meant sexual intimacy and it turned out to be an emotional connection activity. And um, I am just curious on that front, like how important is humor compatibility in your eyes to compatibility overall for a relationship? Ooh. Obviously, depends on the person. (laughs) Um, But yeah, definitely something Mm -hmm. that is really important to me. I think I mentioned too that like, I love someone who can bring out a silly side in me. It's very important to like, cut my, Mm -hmm. uh, my seriousness. And um, so Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I currently have a partner who literally makes me laugh every day and we make jokes about Mm -hmm. I'm like babe what if my laugh was so annoying like what if I had a really bad laugh and he (laughs) and he he said he said oh I'd be the least funniest person ever (laughs) that's it we would just be serious (laughs) yeah that's it no more motivation um but but, uh, <laughs> but yeah no laughing I, I, I think laughing <laughs> and um at least some um matching in humor like I I definitely like just as an example of what things I find really funny is I don't know if you've ever watched the show mm-hmm. Impractical Jokers <gasps> no Okay, so so it (laughs) is just it's improv, and it is Mm -hmm. just airing on the side of being too cheesy. Like just it's that it's it's that little (laughs) it's like a little like uh, like a seesaw. You're like you're right there. Okay. Yeah, walks the, the fine, fine line, line of being mm-hmm. cheesy, <laughs> and that is a hundred percent my humor. <laughs> I always say I'm like I have the humor of like a twelve year old boy. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think if someone if if someone was like, oh, like I really like um, uh, really intelligent jokes, like we wouldn't be compatible in terms of humor <laughs> because mm-hmm. because my humor is like. <laughs> oh my god a fart is hilarious like you know like it, it's <laughs> that's so again like this is so interesting to me because you're one of the most intelligent people I know so it's almost like humor is a it is. escape for you it is. like from yeah. your own brain Absolutely. you know what I mean <laughs> I love anything that's like really silly or really like oh my god that's almost <laughs> like it's like almost too cheesy and I I love that I love that <laughs> that's phenomenal I I think humor is so important in terms of compatibility like I think humor is the solution to a lot of really difficult times and so if you can't rescue each other from a difficult time through some sort of really light 
hilarious escapism. I think, like, I think it's a really important tool. Obviously, we don't want to dissociate or, you know, like, not actually process anything. But I think it can be a really important rescue line for a couple. So, um, yes. That's why I really one of one of my best friends, um, her and her husband, uh, they're both like really dramatic. (laughs) And so (laughs) so like when they have their arguments or like their bickering or whatever, something always happens that's like Mm -hmm. over dramatic that one of them just starts <laughs> laughing about it because they're like really like are we re-? like and then they just start laughing and then it's over right because <laughs> so so like I love mm-hmm. I love that about them because they can like really be in like the mm-hmm. depths of being so annoyed at each other and then all of a sudden one of them does something <laughs> so dramatic like please like you're on a stage like truly like so dramatic <laughs> And then the other, and then the other person is like, oh my God, really? Did you really just do that? And then the fight, the fight's over, you know? It's so good. It's so good. And I, I, so it it describes, it describes what you're saying so much that it really can like cut through something that could, that could be really serious or maybe like maybe we're taking this Mm -hmm. too far or maybe we're in like kind of crappy moods and this Mm -hmm. kind of you know uh lightens us up a little bit right totally Mm -hmm. brings us back a little bit Mm -hmm. makes us present again and appreciative of each other again 100 percent. yeah so one other thing i wanted to actually there are two other things i wanted to get into One was, I thought it was really interesting in the show, and you alluded to this, how if a couple notices a weak point in another couple, they identify it, they explain it in a letter, and then they come up with a challenge for that couple to do to help them Mm -hmm. overcome this. And there was one couple in particular where they got assigned to role play each other, just switch roles and (laughs) act as each other because they were taking each other for granted and they needed to kind of change their tune on that and I thought it was really interesting so the guy dressed up as the girl the girl dressed up as the guy and they acted each other out and it felt really it looked very cathartic for both of them and it felt like a really great way to solve a problem in a relationship because I think it showed that they were actually listening to each other when they kind of assumed they hadn't Mm. been listening to each other. Um, I think it really kind of put the spotlight on, no, I hear you. I see you. And you're right. I haven't really been honoring your feedback or, or something like that, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like, what type of exercise do you think, obviously it's very situationally dependent, but what type of exercise did you notice in the show that you thought was just brilliant to prescribe to a couple and was there some logic behind that or I just thought it was such an interesting experience yeah so I really liked uh the scenario that you're describing was between Jake and Beck and uh, they definitely have had ups and downs um Beck has a lot of Mm -hmm. walls and she's also like I relate to her as well because she can be very serious She's a little mm-hmm. bit more catty than I am, mm-hmm. like in terms of like her approach. Mm-hmm. She's a little tough um, mm-hmm. with Jake, who mm-hmm. I think is um, a very emotionally mature man. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so 
their task of, um, you know, acting, role-playing as each other was absolutely hilarious Mm -hmm. because they made (laughs) fun of the things that the other person doesn't, that they know that the other person doesn't like about them, right? Or that's like, like tension (laughs) in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And... And I thought that was really awesome for them because after they had that um, and like not to give any spoilers or whatever, but their relationship has really opened up and progressed a lot. And um, Hmm. Beck actually said that um, laughter is like an aphrodisiac for her. So she didn't like Hmm. how Jake wasn't fun like she she in other episodes she's like Jake is boring like he doesn't ban banter with me mm-hmm. so like she likes to hmm. make fun like that's something that is like foreplay for her yeah. and and so that hmm. activity really helped her see that oh he can like have a laugh at himself and have a laugh at me and we can we we can say something you know off the cuff more rather than every time I make mm-hmm. a comment he's like let's have a chat you know um so yeah so I noticed that I thought that was really helpful for them mm-hmm. I think often we 100%. live in this world where um we can play a role and we think oh okay everything's happening to me or this person is this this person's saying this and it's hurtful to me or I'm a victim in this scenario um, that we think that we don't cause harm for others. And it doesn't matter about your intentions ever. Mm-hmm. We, we all cause harm to the people that we mm-hmm. love and value the most in this world. We cause harm Agreed. to them no matter what. It's inevitable to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think once I think Mm -hmm. when you get more comfortable with the reality of that scenario you really can conquer a lot more together um Mm -hmm. and be open to like a more uh yeah a a deep and a a relationship that has longevity um because the just the realization that like oh like yeah I cause harm too so when someone harms me in a way that um, is redeemable, um, we can talk about it and we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. I love that. I think that's a great note to end on. The only thing I wanted to ask was just, is there anything we didn't discuss that you had hoped we would or any piece you wanted to make sure you said either about this show or any other dating shows that you watch or just an oh, aspect of yeah, relationships two things. That you're really I would love to see um this is just like an ask mm-hmm. I guess for like if anyone ever hears this who creates dating shows um mm-hmm. I would love to see like more um diverse number one more diverse people on tv uh number two more diverse relationships in terms of like sexuality and um gender expression and gender identity Mm -hmm. um I think that that would just be such a 
beautiful and real thing to see because um, I often think that we're, we're shown um, heteronormative uh, relationship behaviors as the uh, baseline. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's correct. So uh, I would love to see more of that. And um, I guess the second thing is, is just in relationships. Um, Yeah, really, really spend time with yourself and um, figure out figure out uh if you would like to date you and I think when we start asking ourselves those types of questions we're more likely to connect with the right person or the right people I love that that I would always say to people like could you would you want to date yourself and the response is always mixed especially And even, I mean, most of my friends are actually in relationships and most of them that are in relationships have, you know, mixed reviews about themselves, which I just think is so interesting. And and when they say that they wouldn't, they don't at all say it as a bad thing. They're like, no, I love myself. I just think I'd drive myself insane, which I think is really interesting. Um, So I'm curious, like, would you date yourself? I'm I'm a really, (laughs) I think I'm a really understanding person and I'm also very curious about others. And so- I think that just that curiosity piece um, just helps me uh, cultivate meaningful relationships. And I think that that is often um, the missing recipe mm-hmm. to success in any type of relationship is just this curiosity for what's different than you. I think it's really important mm-hmm. for us to stay open, open-minded and curious about each other and also... Um, you know, continue to work on our relationship with ourselves so that we can be um, an individual who is able to create meaningful connections with with other people and, you know, this earth and the animals that animals and plants and organisms that uh, occupy it. And I, and I do, I do think that uh, we even bring it back to the first question. You said, how do you define love? It's a treasuring. So I do think that that's an acceptance as well. I think treasuring um, mm-hmm. is like when love and acceptance come together. Mm. It's very special. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And that's kind of unconditional too. That's hopefully kind of where unconditional love arrives is you accepted that there are certain aspects of someone that mm-hmm. maybe aren't your favorite, but mm-hmm. you see them fully exactly. for who they are and you still treasure them this is so good yeah. I love it well that's all I've got this week thank you so so much for being here <laughs>